Plumbers are making $52 an hour. Why would you go to college, pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to school, only to start your career in debt, making half the amount of money? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I never thought I would say this, but becoming a plumber was one of the best decisions I ever made. What's up, Joel? Nothing, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, it's been a while. Uh, since Wednesday. <laughs> what day is today? We may have skipped a Wednesday. Yeah. Today well, is Wednesday. It's podcast yeah, Wednesday. Podcast. That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean. We skipped a Wednesday because I flew out to mm. um, the Weston Price Foundation Conference. Yep. I yeah. don't know what that is. Tell me about that. Weston. I think it's Weston Eat Price. Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. uh, I it's don't a, know. It's a dude. He like studied. He was a dentist. Uh -huh. Oh, right. He's a dentist. He started noticing like um, tribes had really nice like you know, untouched tribes. They had really yeah. nice straight white teeth, mm -hmm. but yet Americans' teeth were just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Not my teeth. And my teeth are getting nicer. And um, <laughs> thanks so to this he, conference. He was like, why? Mm. Right? He asked the question, like, why are all these Americans' teeth just getting so poopy? Like, mm -hmm. what's happening? What's going on? Mm -hmm. So he started going around and studying all these teeth all over the world, right? And then he connected, like, what they ate to how their teeth were. Mm. So that he was like the first one to really do that. Oh, sure. What, when was he, uh, is he still alive? No, he's dead, long gone. Okay. Um, so then there's this other lady, whoa, excuse me, Sally Fallon, or Fallon, or Fallon, I think it's Fallon, <laughs> who <laughs> you can tell I know a lot about this subject. Dude, you're bought <laughs> in, man. <laughs> um, so Sally Fallon <clears throat> studied under him, with him, I don't know. He passed the torch to her. Mm, sure. She really started, she's the one who started the Weston Price Foundation, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure. It was basically just a, a foundation about eating healthy. Yeah, sure. And so she's done a bunch of research on her own, written her own cookbooks, mm -hmm. um, and now they have a big network of like doctors, scientists, mm -hmm. dentists, you know, nutritionists, mm -hmm. health experts, mm -hmm. all with, you know, certifications and PhDs sure, and doctorates yeah. all and all things. this stuff. Um, and they're just out there preaching health to mm -hmm. the nation, mm -hmm. but it's on a, it's a different twist. It's like, um, it goes against the normal mm. health narrative that the government is pushing. Like that, that awesome food pyramid that makes me eat a lot of cereal. Yeah. <laughs> just eat cereal. Be fine. <laughs> dude, dude. Yeah. Balanced breakfast, cereal, two oranges, a little bit of fish, a little bit of meat, yeah. lots of cereal, lots of cereal, lots good. of grain, bread. maybe a, maybe a piece of fruit here and there if I want. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, what's funny about that, so they're total, mm -hmm. they're totally like opposite of the government, right? Yeah. Just in the food world. Mm -hmm. So what end up, ends up happening is they, they call themselves the radical middle, right? <laughs> because they're extremely liberal on yeah. like some ends of thing, like yeah. they want you to be healthy. They really are for government invention, intervention on mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. such as like a good example of that would be like gas, Sure. Like gasoline used to be way more toxic mm -hmm. until the government got involved and regulated gasoline, mm, right? Sure. Now it burns way cleaner. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, like, you can go look at pictures of LA in the 60s versus yeah. LA now. Yeah. It's like night and day, the mm -hmm. difference. Mm -hmm. And that's mostly equated to just the quality of the gas that we burn in our cars. Mm -hmm. So, they're for government regulation on that instance. And then they're. They're like total conspiracists, conspiracy theorists on the other end, yeah. which. So it's just a funny like mix. Yeah, it's probably more like honest because like they're, when when you find people like that, what's usually happening is they're just critically thinking. 
And they're like, oh, yeah, stuff like that I can see, but this other stuff doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, they would consider themselves truth seekers. Yes. And I think that's it's probably a pretty accurate statement. I would say if somebody is fully aligned, like if we're talking politically, if somebody's fully aligned with right or left fully, I would say you're not really in it for the truth. You're in it for the tribe. Yeah, probably. Uh, You just want to like be with your people and whatnot. Or you're just not thinking about it that much, and it's like you got other stuff going on. Yeah. Anyway, it was a good time going because it was cool just being around. Um, it was cool being around like different kind of people. Mm. Some, you know, different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, different. They have different values. Mm-hmm. Different. Maybe not different, but they reminded me of some values that I had mm. that I forgot about. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Um, and it was just cool going and hearing like a different side of the story. I've heard the side of the story a lot. And yeah. it makes logical sense, but then going to the conference and hearing like all the mm. scientific studies, sure. hearing it from doctors' mouths and scientists' mouths and all this stuff, it was pretty. It was fun. Yeah, like whether they're right or wrong. Yeah, it was super fun to go and just hear it all and and be around that group of people. Mm-hmm. The group of people who are like, there's people there going there to learn, and then there's people there who have been involved in this group. When I say that, it sounds like a cult, but it's not. Yeah. It's not cultish at all. But they've been like, yeah, don't worry, guys. They've been like following these diet plans and these ways of living, mm-hmm. dude. And those people look good, sure. Like, they have like nice, radiant skin. Mm. They're happy. They're energetic. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty attractive if you were to look at it from the outside and just yeah, sure see the people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty attractive. Um, we will get into plumbing stuff, obviously, but yeah. I'm just curious, like, what is the diet specifically? Give me like the elevator pitch of the diet it's really just like going back to eating farm fresh food Mm, it's really what it is but what does farm fresh mean like food that's grown on a farm Mm -hmm. like organically Mm -hmm. with good farming practices so Mm -hmm. like farmers that actually care about the health of their soil Mm. you know nutrient dense soil creates nutrient dense food sure and then you know cows and chickens that eat nutrient dense grass Mm -hmm. that grows on nutrient dense soil they get nutrient density into their fats Mm -hmm. so they're big Mm -hmm. into eating like a you know uh what would be considered nowadays a high saturated fat diet yeah like based on animal fats so lots of butter Mm -hmm. lots of well marbled meat Mm -hmm. um lard that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. because when you when you eat from an animal that ate well on nutrient soil Mm -hmm. um and if they do rotational grazing that's how Mm -hmm. they do that then uh they deposit those nutrients in their fat yeah, sure. And when you eat their fat, it's like, hmm, interesting. It's like the the most nutrients you can get. So better than taking vitamins. <clears throat> yeah, interesting. So oh. you get so you get all those nutrients in the fat. Um, plus, there's a doctor there. Her name's Doctor Natasha, something. Can't remember, mm-hmm. but she wrote the Gaps Diet. Sure. And so she's big on eating like meat stock. Yeah, lots of fats, lots of butter, mm-hmm. lots of lard, because that's what repairs the the your lining of your intestines and mm-hmm. your stomach. Um, and, and they tie like, like their big thing is like the most people eating a standard American diet, mm. they, they have damaged gut walls. Yeah, sure. And that's what's causing most of their problems mm-hmm. because now food gets stuck in the damaged gut walls. Mm. They start getting allergies. So like allergies are on the rise today. Yeah, definitely. And, and so these guys have been preaching this for a long, long time yeah. and they're like, 
like back in the day when it was peanut allergies, we're like, guys, we have peanut allergies. Here's why. Yeah. And then everybody started having gluten allergies. Yeah. And like my wife's got tons of allergies. Mm-hmm. I've been dealing with them for years. And the, she's had the best success, like having a high saturated fat diet to right. help her gut walls and then mm-hmm. eating foods that are grown on a farm yeah. in a good way. So yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I, sorry, go ahead. The funny part is, so Sally Fallon, Mm -hmm. pretty much every, every talk I saw Mm -hmm. her give, she ended it with eat more butter. (laughs) That was like her going words. (laughs) Man, that's the takeaway that we all want to hear anyways. It is. And like Mm -hmm. in the, uh, the American diet, we're like, we're just so conditioned to think that butter is bad for you, right? Yeah, because it's fat, and it it's looks good. like fat, and yep. that fat's going to go in my belly. And it's going to raise your cholesterol. and Got to make me get a heart attack. Yep. But it's funny because, like, you look at some of that. Like, I listened to this doctor talk, and he has – his cholesterol levels are, like, 350. And is, he, that, is that bad? He worked for the Mayo Clinic. Yeah, I think you need to – you're supposed to be, like, 250. Okay. Um, There's two of them. They're supposed to be in balance, first of all. Sure. Um, And then they want them, like, 250 or lower. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Problem is, like, lower cholesterol causes all sorts of problems. Sure. Um, but it was funny because he he was talking about testosterone, like mm-hmm. why we have, like, males nowadays have mm-hmm. super low testosterone. Mm-hmm. And so he's was showing the correlation between testosterone, testosterone and c- cholesterol levels in your body mm-hmm. and how you could even have high levels of testosterone, but you won't be able to use it if you don't have high enough cholesterol. Mm, interesting. Um, <clears throat> so is it, it was interesting and... I started telling this story because he was up there talking about all this. His cholesterol levels are 350. His Mm -hmm. testosterone is 750. Mm -hmm. Average male in the United States right now is 250. Wow, for testosterone? Which is super low. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just getting lower and lower. The younger you go, the lower it gets. Oh, yeah. Um, Which is why, like, vegetarianism and all that stuff is so bad. But the funny part about his talk was Mm -hmm. they allowed questions afterwards, and somebody came up and asked a question about something, some one of their friends or something. And he goes, yeah, just like, he just needs, just have me to stick a butter every day. <laughs> but he was <laughs> dead, dead serious. serious. Yeah. He was dead serious. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> oh, man. He worked at the Mayo Clinic and he took a health test at the Mayo Clinic. Mm-hmm. And they told him he was about to die. Oh, because he- it was 350. <laughs> because of the amount of yeah. saturated fats that yeah. he was eating. Yeah. Um, and then I guess he quit. He quit working at the Mayo Clinic when they wanted to t- take the COVID vaccination, so he oh, quit. Yeah. And then, which was so, like, during the conference, he said that, and, like, everybody stood up and were giving him They're, like, <laughs> they're huge anti-vaxxers. Yeah. yeah. They were just, it was a cool crowd. Yeah. It was fun. I had a good yeah. time. It seems like he came back, like, um, <clears throat> inspired. Yeah. 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 What's, what's the, like, okay, so to our audience, to these plumbers who are listening, like, what's the transition there? What's the takeaway? So like when you, you know, I grew my plumbing business, I came from being a plumber and then, you know, worked really hard to grow my plumbing business, Mm -hmm. put everything I had into it and started being successful. Mm -hmm. So I got my time back Mm -hmm. and I started making um, way better money than when I was a plumber. Mm -hmm. Like I have enough money now to live. I could go live whatever lifestyle I, me personally, that I want. Right. So, and it's a weird, like, that's a weird transition. Sure. Right. And so the, you know, I was part of some groups and they're big into life by design, which mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of, 
because they didn't realize you could mm. you could go design your life. Like mm-hmm. you could say, "Cool, this is what I want out of life. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm going to go get it." Right, right, and you can go get it, and you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. You just have to think about what it is that you want and how you're going to go make it happen. Yeah, sure. Go find somebody who can help you do that. Come up with a plan, mm-hmm. and do the plan. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's even easier in today's world. There's now you can get a hold of tons of people who have done what you want to do, right? And they can show you the plan, mm-hmm. or at least a pretty good plan, right? Right. Yeah, you're and chan- not just struggling around in the dark trying to figure yeah. it out. Reinvent the wheel. Yeah, and chances are if you can <laughs> develop the right mindset mm. and do the right things, you can achieve what it is that you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge believer in that. The problem that I, f- that I had is like when you get in these circles of these people that are all mm. making lots of money, um, a lot of them only design their life around their material things. Sure. Right? So they all walk you through this lifestyle design and they're like, you know, what kind of house do you want? What kind of cars do you want? Mm -hmm. Do you want a boat? And where do you want to live? And Mm -hmm. do you want to have a vacation home? And do you want to all this stuff? How much do you want to spend on travel? And Mm -hmm. where do you, what do you want to go see? And um, me personally, like if I'm, I'm not anti living in a $5 million house, but if I'm thinking about my life that way to design it, I'm like, well, I mean, if I'm gonna live in any house, like, why not a really nice house? Right. Then other people could come stay in my house or whatever. Right. And if I'm gonna have one, I mean, I might as well have two or three, right? I might as well have one at the beach and one in the mountains and sure. one in the desert. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But the the problem with that is like it just never ends, right? Sure, yeah. You and so then yeah. you're you end up in this like endless chase for money, mm. right? And I think if you think about it, how I told you to think about it yesterday mm-hmm. is like on your deathbed, you're 85, mm-hmm. you're looking back on your life, you're going to die tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know it, right? Mm-hmm. Or in the next few hours. Mm-hmm. When you look back on your life, what are the things that are going to, you're going to look back on and go, yeah, I lived a happy and fulfilled mm-hmm. life and I wouldn't change a thing. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not the five million dollar house on the beach and the house mm. on the desert. It's not the fancy cars. It's sure. not. It's not hardly any material goods, mm-hmm. right? And it, like going to this conference just reminded me because there's these people there, right? They care so much about their health and their well being, sure, so that they can experience life, right? Like happiness now while being healthy, and they can do that you know, for a long time throughout their life. Mm-hmm. And they're just happy people. Like, they're just fun, cool, friendly, happy people. Yeah, sure. And they don't, a lot of them don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have some money, mm-hmm. um, but it's not a focus of theirs whatsoever. Yeah. So mm-hmm. as as I started making more money and I got around more people who were making more money, their focus is a lot about making more money. And it's really less about um, being a happier person. Sure. And a lot of them don't care about health, which doesn't, it doesn't equate yeah. to me. Yeah, I see that a lot too. <clears throat> yeah. That's even like, in like even in like the like the business owners that we talk to on regular, it's like and like I mean we talk we touch on this subject quite a well, we come back to it, but health is such an integral part of your existence. Yeah. But it is always sort of the last thing that we think about. Like we always sacrifice our sleep for whatever. We always don't yep. eat as healthy as we should, even though we know we could. We just yep. don't. And we're all content with putting on more pounds and doing all these things because like 
the trade-off is usually convenience, right? It's like, well, this is cheaper and more convenient, so I eat this way. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, I don't have to think as much. It's just right in front of me. Um, but it's it's going to restrict. Like, even if we bring it into the fold of, like, it's going to restrict your ability to enjoy the things that you do get when you do have them. Yeah. Or it's going to make you, like, hard to, like, play with your kids. Yeah, or even if you're young and you, and you have health just due to your age mm. and you have a lifetime of eating bad, it's going to catch up with you. Yeah, and you're going to hit that classic, <clears throat> like, in your 30s and suddenly you're like, oh, shit, I'm all fat now. It's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. And so you go to this conference and you see people in their 80s mm-hmm. who are jumping out of their chairs, s- look super vibrant mm-hmm. and healthy, mm-hmm. and they're super functional. Mm-hmm. And when I'm 80... If I'm 80 and I look like that and I'm living in a little hut on the beach, I'm going to be way happier than if I'm 80 and I can't get out of my chair, but I'm sitting in my $5 million mansion. Yeah. Um, just the just the ability to be able to move in your yeah, old age definitely. is far more valuable to me than any sort of money that anybody could give me. Mm. But yet here I am, I've prioritized my life around money mm-hmm. rather than around my health. Mm-hmm. When in reality, health is at some point more important to me, right? Yeah. There's always that level of, of like, I have a certain amount of money that I want to make in order mm-hmm. to live the life that I want to live. Like, at some point, you give me a small amount of money, a small enough amount of money, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to be happy anymore. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. So I think... The best thing, like for me, I'm going to go through and figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. What What is it? Mm-hmm. And that's, and after that, the rest is just extra to go, I don't know, give away or help other people do the yeah. other thing, right? Yeah. Um, rather than just always trying to chase for more money. I'm yeah. going to, mm-hmm. once I reach that certain amount of money, which I already have, mm-hmm. I'm going to start prioritizing the things that are more important after that, like yeah. my health. Yeah. And I think this is important for our listeners because, like, recently this last week, I've had a lot of good, fun conversations. Yeah. But sometimes what I happen is I'll, I'll call up plumbing business owners for whatever reason, and I'll ask them, like, well, what do you want? Like, what's your dream scenario? Yeah. And the answers that come to me that I get are, like, they're not really grounded in reality. Yeah. And usually they're too small. Usually it's, like, I want 20 trucks, and 20 trucks is going to get me doing $3 million. Yeah. And yeah. I want to do commercial, residential, new construction, and service. Yeah. And it's, like... There's just not an understanding of one, like what is actually possible, yep. and the right way to go about it. Yep. Um, and so, like to to what you're saying, like understanding, like what you want as far as financially is important, because then you know how hard you need to push. Yep. Like if you want to make like ten million dollars per year take home as your paycheck, yep. Then you know you're gonna have to get to a certain size and scale, yep. to be able to accomplish that. Yep. But if you want to make a million or five hundred thousand, then you know <laughs> you just have to get near, you know past that hard part in your business and then you're like okay cool this is this is can be the path to get there yeah um but the point i'm making is like a lot of times guys just one they don't think big enough or they just haven't thought about it like i hear that answer too where guys like well i haven't really really thought about what i'm doing this for yeah and i think that's i mean i think that's huge it's super important and not only to be motivated when it's hard because that's typically what we say yeah it's like you need to know your why so you're motivated but also so you know when you can like be content with what you have yeah. instead of risking the next level of difficulty. Or even just 
Like for me, I have no problem risking the next level of difficulty, but I'm going to attack it in a different way. Mm, sure. Once I've reached my my minimum threshold of how much money I want to make. Yeah. I'm going to then take the extra resources I have and deploy other people and other resources mm-hmm. instead of my own time. Right. Right. So knowing what that is for yourself can be extremely helpful. Right. Like uh, the next things that I go attack, I'm going to attack slower and yeah. I'm not going to let them take my time. Like right. when I was growing my plumbing business, it was, I was all in for two years, mm-hmm. like hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. And we wouldn't have grown fast if I hadn't have done that. Right. Um, which, you know, looking back on, I could have grown slower and I could have prioritized more of my health and mm-hmm. my well being while doing that Mm -hmm. but i was i wasn't in a place to do that right yeah and i don't know that i i don't know that i would Mm -hmm. um i think there's a time and there's a season for everything Mm -hmm. seasons of life and i think that was just my time to just buckle down and yeah get some crap done yeah but then afterwards like once it was done and i i didn't know what was next Mm, sure, yeah, a, you you got because I mean we talk about you having that picture of that boat on your fridge. Yeah, where you're like, this is the thing that I want to get because like this is what's driving me. Like yeah. lack of a better thing. If I have a boat, I can take my friends out. We can go fishing together. It'll be cool. Yeah. But then once you got to the point where you could afford the boat, I just remember you never buying like, a boat. You never buying a truck and a tr- well, you bought a truck for a second. But like you just you you got to the point just like you said. You're like, well, I, I make the money now. Yeah. But now it's kind of like, okay, do we just keep doing this? Like we're, <laughs> yeah. what's the, it's almost like, what's the fun now? Like we did the thing and what's I got the, the reward. Yeah. It's like, okay, now why do I show up to go to work? Yeah. Uh, if I don't have a direction, dude, and we as people, we, we really do need direction. We do. Like, cause if we don't have direction, then we're just sort of just hanging out. Yeah. Um, and that can look like a number of things. Like it can look like you just sort of keep slowly <clears throat> regressing because you don't know which way to go, or you're trying all these new things. Like I think that's probably how I see it more um, with people just trying all these new things, trying to find the right thing. Yeah. But it's not really directed towards a goal, because there isn't no. a goal. Yeah, there's not. At some point in time, like more money isn't a good goal. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's like more money has to come with like, well, what do you do with the money when you get it? Yes. Like Because money is just, <clears throat> money in and of itself is like energy. Yeah. It just allows you to, do the things that you want to do or whatever. Yeah. But having it doesn't really do you any good unless there's something to do with it. Right. And for some people, buying private jets and yachts and things like that and fancy cars and big mansions, Mm -hmm. that's what they want. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Dude, I could literally care less about any of that. Mm -hmm. So for me, like the point in time where I was making enough money came pretty quickly. Yeah, sure. And then it's like, now what? Yeah. Now what do I do? Hey, if you want to take your plumbing business to the next level, you're going to want to join our coaching program over at Wealthy Plumber, where you can get everything you need to grow a multi-million dollar plumbing company, including pricing calculators, SOPs, email campaigns, and the whole nine yards. If you want to check it out, go to wealthyplumber.com. That is wealthyplumber.com. So I've been reading the book, uh, Nine Figure Mindset by Brandon Mm -hmm. Dawson. Um, It's a good book. Everybody should go read it. Um, he talks about what he calls PPF, personal, professional, and financial goals. Mm-hmm. And so setting those for yourself, like what do you want to do in your personal life? Like mm-hmm. if you could ha- look back on your deathbed and say, sure. yeah, my personal life was really good. Mm-hmm. What is that? 
And then two, if I could look back on my deathbed and my professional life, like what do I want to accomplish in my professional life mm-hmm. aside from money? Like, mm-hmm. What do I want to accomplish? And then number three, what do I want my financial life to have looked like? Sure. Like, what will what will it mean to me? Yeah, I achieved enough. I achieved enough financially to where I'm happy with where I sit on my deathbed. Mm-hmm. Um, what are those three things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think everybody should go figure out what that is. Yeah. And so I'm having you do it. I'm having mm-hmm. my GM do it. I'm having my son do it. Mm-hmm. And then when you can take those personal, professional, financial goals, we may even roll this down like further down in the business. Mm-hmm and get everybody's goals, help them achieve their goals, and get them aligned with the business goals mm-hmm. so that everybody's working towards the same thing, mm-hmm. um, I think it's I think it's way more powerful. Because now all of a sudden, like, mm. people aren't just coming to work for a job. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. You're coming to work because, you know, if the company does well, mm-hmm. like, if you go do your personal, professional, financial goals, right, mm-hmm. all of a sudden... Now I know those goals, right? And we can set company goals right. based on my goals and your goals, right? And now we're both working towards each other's goals, right? And we have benchmarks like, hey man, we made it to this. That's cool. We're this. Yeah. We're closer to our goal <clears throat> yeah. instead of just like, well, let's just keep doing what we're doing until we get to this point where we can go, hey, let's uh, I guess pay ourselves more or yeah. like let's yeah. do this or yeah. have a company party. Yeah. Now we know. Okay, yeah. your goals are this. My goals are this. That means the company goals need to be this. Yeah. Um, let's work towards that. Yeah. And and, now, and then once we engineer. get there, we can say, hey, we're probably gonna have more people in the business at that point mm-hmm. in time. We can say, hey, what are your goals? Yep. Oh, we need to keep pushing this thing so yep. we can help him achieve his goals. Yep. Now all of a sudden it's not about me, it's not about you, it's not about just the company, it's not mm-hmm. about just making more money, it's about mm-hmm. everybody reaching their personal, professional, mm-hmm. and financial goals. Um, to me it, to me, it creates a way bigger picture. Sure. It creates a way bigger reason to keep pushing for more and more and more to get better and better and better. Mm-hmm. It also maybe just gives you a point where it's like, oh, well, this mm-hmm. is a good stopping point. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see it. And then you can even plan for that stopping point. So you're like, hey, like we just arrived at the stopping point. Yeah. So now what does it look like to maintain this? Or what does it look <clears> like <throat> to uh, move away from this? Or, yeah. or what? Like you just have more... It's much more life by design yeah. because you're even taking these other steps and you're saying, okay, well, we can even design this side of it now. Yep. Um, Who were you talking about yesterday? You tell me something. Was it Sam Ovens? Yeah. So Sam Sam Ovens, he made the school platform, yep. um, which is a wonderful coaching platform, just a community group. It's yeah. very clean. I really like it. Um, but he grew this coaching platform. I don't know if it was school or a different one, but he grew it to something like, I don't know, 50 million or something. It was a lot. And then he intentionally scaled it back to like 10 to 15 million, I want to say, per year. Uh-huh. And he did that because he's like, I did, I hated it. Like it was <laughs> too much. Yeah. I did not have a good, I was making more money, but I just, I wasn't enjoying it. My coworkers weren't enjoying it, my family. So we scaled it back to a point where we said, yeah, this makes sense. We're all having a good time. Yep. We can make a way better product because we're way more invested and we can just, <laughs> we actually like what we're doing because we feel like it's meaningful. <clears throat> Dude, that's the other thing is when when I when I worked at other companies, work wasn't fun. Mm, yeah. And it was because we weren't all on the same page. Mm-hmm. Like people were just there to make a paycheck right. and go home. They weren't all striving towards something together. Right. 
when mm, like sure. me and you and Eddie and Ayla, we all had a meeting in this room one day. So that's you in charge of Wealthy Plumber. Eddie's in charge of the plumbing business. Your wife handles all the CSR stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, even Costin, our video editor, was in here. Was he in here? He Maybe was, not. I think he was around. He was <clears throat> in the house. Somewhere. And we were having a meeting, and everybody was pushing towards the same goal. Like yeah. we were hashing out ideas, and everybody was working together to do something to push mm-hmm. further. Right? Sure. It was. It was the first time I'd been involved in a group of people <laughs> where we're all just trying to be better. Right. And it was freaking awesome. Yeah. And I could, if I could do that and make less money, I'll be way happier yeah. if I'm in that environment than if I'm making a ton of money and not working in that environment. Yeah. So if I ever get out of that environment because I push too hard, mm-hmm. I'm going to scale back and we're going to get back into that yeah. environment mm-hmm. because it makes work fun. And that's part of like when I think about what I want my professional to be life to be like mm. when I'm sitting on my deathbed. I want work to be a place where I work with cool people. Mm-hmm. We're all pushing to do better personally, professionally, and financially, mm-hmm. and it's fun. Yeah. If it's not, I'm gonna I'm gonna be disappointed that I stayed in any environment other than that. <laughs> yeah. So sure. for me, it's like I need to create that. Right. So I'm going to create that right. so that I can sit on my deathbed and go, that was rad. Yeah. Like my professional life was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. I think a work environment that's fun, I think is always undervalued mm-hmm. because it's always like work is serious and you can't be serious and have fun at the same time. Yeah, I agree. But <clears throat> I think I think what happens is there's like a, a misdefining of fun. Because like when work's hard, it's still fun because there's still a push. There's it's still you're still pushing. There's still satisfaction yeah. in it, and like it's almost like you're allowing those moments of fun to be recognized. So that when we're like in the trenches trying to figure out all ads and sales and all these things, there's yeah. still a moment where we can tell jokes and laugh. Nobody's yeah. like, Jared, this is serious time. If we don't get this fixed, we're yep. screwed. It's just like yeah, we can still like laugh and have fun yeah because you're on the same page of like trying to push forward in this as i am yeah it's like we're trying to go there but so we can still make jokes but then we can still like okay but we still need to like focus on the problem yeah yep so for like rolling this back into plumbing business owners when you're building your plumbing business um so i would want to build i would want to be very intentional about my culture Mm. We did an episode on this before, but we lost oh, the audio, yeah, remember? Right. Yeah, yeah. That was a good episode, too. It was a good one. So going back to that, though, um, you want to be intentional about your culture. And I didn't understand culture for a long time. And mm-hmm. I'm just now, over the last couple of months, really starting to understand it. Mm-hmm. And so the best way that I've heard it put is culture is what you put up with at your company, yeah. right? So if you... And this... Let's go back to what I thought company culture yeah, was. Sure. Because I thought it was like, let's make this such a good place to work that everybody's just going to be happy to work here. Yeah, give them good pay, good bennies. Good pay. Have a cool set of values on the wall and like, you know, instruct through those, all those types of things. Yep, fridge full of snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure they got nice vehicles, nice tools, all that stuff. Mm. All that stuff isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I'd say it's probably a good thing. Um, That's a great way to attract people to your business, right? Mm -hmm. But what ends up happening if you 
if you give people all of this stuff, mm. but then you don't hold them to high standards mm. or you don't, you know, if you put up with anything outside of like what you need from mm-hmm. somebody or what you require from somebody, mm-hmm. then they get this entitlement attitude, mm-hmm. okay? Because you let them get away with whatever. Right. So this person's getting away with whatever, plus you're giving them good pay, better benefits, fridge full of whatever. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is you, your employees will start complaining about the snacks that are in the snack bar, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, you're going to complain about <laughs> the free snacks that are in the snack mm-hmm. bar. Or they start complaining that their pay isn't high enough. It's like, you get paid more than you would anywhere yeah. else. Like, yeah. like, what do you want? Or they start complaining about the way that you do something in your business, right? Right. <clears throat> and if you put up with that, it just gets worse mm-hmm. and worse and worse and worse and worse. And you get this culture that spreads like a disease of entitlement. Yeah. Can I can I interject something in here? Yeah. Because I please. think I think what also happens is, especially when we're talking about plumbing businesses, where like y'all are charging a lot for your services because you have to. Yeah. But what happens is sometimes if you have an entitlement culture or if you have a little bit of toxicity or negative Nancys or whatever, they start to go like because like I've heard this line that comes around where it's just like I thought this business was about the customer, but how can we? be serving the customer if we're charging so much or yeah. if we're focusing on profitability yeah. and all these things. And because people aren't aligned on the same page, yep. there isn't this understanding that like, listen, if we want to take care of the customers, we have to focus on profitability. Yeah, This isn't a, we're doing this simply because we <clears throat> just want to get rich and do the thing. Yeah, Like, no, we have to make money. Yeah. So when the technician is like, you know, well... I don't know why we like moved that person on the schedule so that we could go and do this high profit job. It's like, well, we did that because that's how we actually function as a business. Yeah. If we don't do that, I can't pay you. There is no snack bar. There is no customer to take care of because yep. we're all gone. Yep. And that requires people understanding probably through repetition and education that like, no, this is why we do the things we do. Yep. It's not because we can. It's because we have to. Yep. Yep. And if you put up with anything less you're going to get less than what you desire. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so when it comes to your employees and your culture and your business, you really have to um, not put up with less. And I think if you can structure it in a way, mm. like with, especially with like your technicians and your CSRs and show them like, hey, you being successful in this way, mm-hmm. like what are your goals? Like you want to make more money. You want to yeah. have more time off. Yeah. You Like what is it that you want? Okay, well... If you come to work and you perform in this way, mm-hmm. that helps us reach our goals as a business, mm-hmm. which then helps you reach your goals as an individual. Mm-hmm. So we can get you making the kind of money you want to make. Right. We can spend the time training you in the way that we need to train you mm-hmm. for you to get better in this way. Um, and then all of your people are aligned, right? Mm-hmm. And I've actually been toying around with the idea of... And I haven't told anybody this. I was toying around with it on Hopefully the plane. Hopefully they don't listen to this podcast. Who knows? Um, it doesn't really matter. I haven't implemented it yet, but <laughs> yeah. I've been toying around with it. So when I was in, um, just thinking about getting everybody's goals aligned, mm-hmm. right? To get everybody working towards the same thing, 
but not on an individual level, mm. but on a team level, right? Sure. Because in reality, mm. if I've got one individual performing really well in my business, mm-hmm. that's great. But then if they come to work and they're not helping the team perform mm-hmm. better, it doesn't really do me much good, yeah. right? Yeah, it's kind of like if you have a star player on your basketball team, but he doesn't want to pass the ball because he likes scoring all the points, Right. eventually you're going to lose. Yes. So I want to incentivize people to work together as the team, mm-hmm. right? So there's all sorts of pay structures in the plumbing world. You've got piece rate, mm-hmm. you've got straight commission, you've got hourly plus, plus commission, and then you've got, you know, what we currently do is the more hours you sell, the higher your hourly rate wage goes. Right. So it's a tiered thing. Mm-hmm. The problem with all of those that I can see, like piece rate, mm-hmm. you only get paid based on the hours that you sell. So if right. you sell 30 hours in a week, you only get paid for 30 hours. Right. Typically, it's a higher pay scale that you get paid. So sure. usually they're like $75 an hour. Um, so you can actually you know, have, make a halfway decent living on yeah. selling 30 hours. Um, <clears throat> commission is just like dollar amounts. And usually it's like, I talked to a guy the other day. It was, he was most companies he was doing. Um, it was a company in Florida. It was 25% commission was mm-hmm. what they were paying. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Just straight commission. So if you sold a million dollars worth of work, you make $250,000 that year. Yeah. Um, which is, that's, that's a good wage for a plumber. Yeah, like I'd definitely. be, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> But selling a million dollars worth of work is a lot of work. Yes. So you're busting your butt for that. And you got to be in a business that's actually priced for you to be able to sell a million dollars worth of work. Yeah. Yep. Correct. Most of the businesses who are paying commission are, they're usually big service companies charging a lot of money, right? Because then otherwise it wouldn't be incentivized. Like, cool, I did a $125 fixture change. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I made no money. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to go work at McDonald's. (laughs) So then there's the hourly rate. So you have a base wage plus commission based on your sales again. Yeah. And usually it's, you know, gross revenue, you get a certain percentage. It's usually like anywhere from five to 10% is what I've seen. So, and then you have what we do. We do the hourly, we track how many hours you sell. Mm-hmm. If you sell, you know, we at 25 hours, we bump your pay to, you know, it goes up another $5. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those work, right? Sure. And there's tons of successful businesses all over the United States doing one of those things. Right. Um, those are the four that I've seen. The problem that I have with those, like I said, is they, they only incentivize the individual technician. Mm-hmm. They don't really incentivize people working as a team. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, that's something that the plumbing industry and the construction industry has missed out on is mm-hmm. people people coming to work and being a team mentality. Yeah. And I think it's going to become more important with the younger generation. Sure. I think the older generation, like my age and up, were okay coming to work, um, busting their butts so that they could make a better paycheck and then mm-hmm. going home. I think the new generation mm, sure. doesn't care as much about money, but they want to come to work at a place where they feel valued and like they're part of something bigger than them. Yeah, right? there's meaning, there's community. There's community, there's meaning, there's a mission, there's a goal, and they're all working together to achieve it. Right. That's what I see in the younger people. Mm-hmm. The millennials, I'm technically a millennial, mm-hmm. but what's the next one, Gen Z? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, Gen Z. So I was... I've been thinking about all this, thinking about getting goals aligned, mm. wanting people to work as a team. And I went and got my oil changed at, I think it's 15 minute oil change. Mm-hmm. This is a long time ago. Mm. Thought nothing of it until I read Nine Figure Mindset. 
And on the wall, they had in the oil change spots. So you drive in, and it was the guys are awesome. Like, yeah. I'm sure they got their scripts and their things and yeah. their process and all that stuff. But the guys in there are pretty rad. Mm-hmm. They all do their thing. It's like four dudes working to get your oil changed mm-hmm. in 15 minutes or less. Fast. Yeah, pretty quick. When you come from the AK, you don't, we don't have any of that. So Dude, it's pretty remarkable. When we come down here and we see a 15-minute oil change, I'm like, wait a second, I don't have to get out of my vehicle? Yeah. Like, why? I thought I, I don't go sit in the lobby for 45 minutes or yeah. so like six hours. I don't have to drop my car off for three days? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on here? What do you mean you're just yeah. going to finish it? Like, this is weird. You're just going to change my oil right now? Like, how did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> We're very confused. Did you do a good job? Yeah. Did would you did you do anything? Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm sitting in there and I look over to the left out my window and there's a flyer and it's laid out very specifically like how you can move up positions mm-hmm. in the company mm-hmm. all the way up to becoming a store owner. Oh, right. Wow. Um and so it's like they called it the path to something, something, something. <laughs> and so it's got all the different positions laid out. Um, and like kind of the benchmarks you need to hit yeah, sure. in order to get to these different positions. And so I started, you know, laying out on the plane, like, okay, what would that look like for my company? If I said, okay, if you want to get paid more, you actually have to become a higher tiered mm, sure. technician. So I came up with seven different tiers mm-hmm. of technicians and you move up in tiers by completing training and then showing you're proficient in the training. Sure. Like so a test or something? I think it would be the general manager to say, mm-hmm. yeah, you're proficient in this training. Sure. We're going to move you up to tier two. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to go to tier three, mm-hmm. here's the training you need to do. Mm-hmm. And then here's what I'm looking for to see if you're proficient in these things. Mm-hmm. So then give it another quarter. You do your end of quarter reviews. Mm-hmm. And the employee completed their training. The manager says yay or nay on whether or not they've shown themselves to be proficient at those things. Mm-hmm. If not, they can say, here's how you can be more proficient at those things to get your pay up. Right. 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 Um, and they just can move up the tiers. Now at the top of the tiers, then you can start giving them mm. leaders, leadership training, mm-hmm. management training. So you can start training your leaders and your management within your own company. Yeah. Right. Cause part of the struggle, like right now with my company you know, next move for us is really to go to, like, go to the next market over, which would be Anchorage, right? right? So we would go to Anchorage and start a shop there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to need a manager there. Yeah. I'm going to need a leader there. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't have one. But mm-hmm. if I had one already that we'd already trained up, that had already gone through the training, yep. that had already shown himself yep. proficient, mm-hmm. be a much easier thing to do. Yeah. Um, so they would get, their hourly pay would be more, based on the tiers that they went through, Mm -hmm. okay? And then the, um, and this is, I know Tommy Mello does something similar to this. Mm -hmm. Um, So you could do their hourly rate goes up or their commission level goes up. Sure, yeah. And then I I want to incentivize rather than just a straight commission pay or pay bumps based on your performance, Mm. I want to do like a almost a profit sharing program. Mm. So where it's like, hey, the more the better we do as a company, the bigger your bonus is going to be. Yeah. So give them quarterly bonuses based on the performance of the company over right. the last quarter. Mm-hmm. That way, it's tied to how well the team does mm-hmm. together, not each individual person. Mm-hmm. So now they're not working against each other to make themselves look better. Right. 
they need to work together to make the whole team perform better. Yeah. So I th- I think I think it's going to be a cool way. I haven't mm-hmm. flushed it all the way out yet, but uh I think it's cool. What do you think? Yeah, I think it is cool. I was just thinking about like back where I worked at the air service how something like that in my mind would have been cool, right? And I think yeah. things like this appeal to certain people more than others. Yeah. Like the people who want to grow, which is who you want to like, that's who I want to attract you wanna, to my business. You want right? to attract those people, and then you want to give them the path to success. Yeah. Because like what happens, like you know, at my last job where people would sort of fizzle is because they didn't have a clear path to grow. But if I just said, "Hey, the better you get at all these different things," and I won't list them off, I have them all in my head just because yeah. I remember. But like <clears> all <throat> these things, you can make this much, yep. and then you can make this much, and then you can make this much. Yeah. And then you can add in extra things like, like for you when we're talking about like the teamwork idea where it's like almost, because what you want to guard against is, no, 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 let me rephrase that. What you want to encourage is guys to look around and say, hey, we're underperforming. What can I do to help us raise the bar? Yeah. I personally am doing okay. Yep. But I see that there's some technicians who are struggling. Yep. And maybe that's because they're having weird weeks or maybe that's because whatever it is. But you want to encourage behavior that says, hey, guy, like, how can I get you to do better? Yep. Like, I'm doing really good. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> Let yeah. me show you how you can do better here because I've been doing really good here. Yeah. And I know if if you can do better here, then I make more money and yes. you do too. So this is good for all of so us. So it encourages me to come to you and say, mm-hmm. let's get you to be better here. Mm-hmm. And it encourages you to listen to me and say, Yeah, you're right. I could get better there. Yeah. And I'm not a, and there and like to eliminate the the thing that says, I'm a super awesome plumber. Let me puff out my chest and yeah. tell all of you how garbage you are yeah because that's like that is not conducive to like actually the <laughs> no. business it's actually just really obnoxious it's super obnoxious because it's like from the business owner's perspective it's like dude this is just going against profitability in yeah. the name of ego yep and that is like the most frustrating thing yep and so to to create systems that thwart that that reward the person who says hey not only am i doing well but let me help bring up the rest of the team with careful suggestions yep then that's a that's a cool model that then you can back up with more money in people's pockets. Yep. Because that's the important part because whenever I tried to implement things like this, if I didn't have an ability to just inject cash into the equation, the only way I could get people to fall into line was just through sheer force of my will and persuasion. Yeah. And some would be down with it because they bought into the vision, but it's like even that, I'm, I'm wishing I could just give them more money. But yeah. I didn't have that power and control at my last job. So mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, man, just keep doing it and I'll do the best I can. Yeah. But if you can tie performance to money and oh, yeah. then tie group performance to bonuses, yep. then suddenly we're like, there is a reason why we all want to do better. Yep. Um, the second thing is I think it is overlooked and underutilized, like not training people into leaders. Cause like, so if we think about it, like the plumbing business structure is like, well, there's Jared, the owner, there's Eddie, the GM, and then there's technicians. Yep. And we don't need CSRs. Yeah. And CSRs. Like we don't need like sub leaders. It would just muddy the waters. The chain of command could get uh, complicated. But if you can grow people into, Hey man, if you learn these leadership skills, I'll pay you more money because it'll make the whole company more profitable because these leadership skills will then have you mentoring. And I think mentoring is the key here. Not necessarily, I'm your boss. If you have problems, you go to me, then I go to Eddie and Eddie goes to Jared. Even them just like leadership, yes. But 
I look at it and like even my guys just getting training in mm. how the business operates and why it operates that way sure. and how it all ties together, mm-hmm. that will give them so much more ammunition to go do things on their own. Yeah, because <clears> they right? understand like... They'll understand yeah. the model mm-hmm. and they'll understand how the model pushes forward and mm-hmm. how the model works and mm-hmm. how to make it work better, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that, like to me, that would be fantastic. Yeah. The other mm-hmm. thing I like about this model is I've always been, like me and my GM, we always argue about this. He's like, <laughs> and and honestly, maybe I've been wrong. Sure. So he always argues like, he's like, why won't these guys go home and read burner books or right. read plumbing books mm-hmm. or become better on their own? And some of them do. Mm-hmm. Some of them do that. They go home and they read the most boring crap on the universe <laughs> to get better at their job. Right. Like kudos to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we get them to to want to become better, right? Right. To sure. want to move up the ladder to where they're actually gonna go home and train themselves on their own time mm-hmm. to become mm-hmm. better at their job. Mm-hmm. I believe this structure will do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, if you wanna go up and pay, mm-hmm. you have to complete this training. Right. Uh I'm not gonna pay you to complete that training. So if you wanna get paid more then you'll study this stuff at home. Yes. And I've always been a proponent of, no, 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 if they're if we're, we're going to require training, we need to pay them to do the training. Right. And maybe I'd, you know, I've, I'm probably entitling people when I do that. Mm, sure. um, but I think with this structure, it's like, it makes sense now for everybody because right. if we're paying to train them, right, run them through these trainings so that they can get a pay bump, then like that's just pulling away from everybody's objective. Like right. everybody's objective now is to have the company do better. Mm. If the company has to pull out and take time to train guys, that's going to bring down our revenues, which is going to bring down all of their bonuses. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so sure. for their the sake of their bonuses, it's going to be better if we train at home on their mm-hmm. own time. Mm-hmm. So it solves a lot of issues. Yeah. I think it's, it's the best structure I've thought of so far. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about this for... I've been thinking about the pay structure conundrum mm. for a while now. Yep. Trying to come up with a good pay structure that incentivizes all the things that I want it to incentivize. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's tough because when we when we think <clears throat> about this, we're always thinking like not only do we want guys to get paid more, but we want them to pursue a better life for themselves. I do. And so it's yeah. like it's – and I mean I think you and I are both like optimists in this thing where we're like we really – want that to happen really bad even though it's like the (laughs) hardest thing in the world because we're trying to get people we're trying to give people all the tools they need to then become successful in their own life yeah outside of just making more money at the plumbing company or at wealthy plumber or whatever yeah i really want them to go home i want them to be productive at home i want them to have mm -hmm. good family life i want them to be good people i want them to be happy and fulfilled i don't want them to just come to work and make money right that's to me, that mm-hmm. that's cool, but that's not the whole picture. Yeah, that's like like at the beginning of our conversation, you know, it ties back to that where it's like, well, if they're just coming here to make money, then as soon as somebody else says, hey, you can make money here too. Yep. Like if we're just talking about like brass tax employee retention, yeah. they'll go, oh, I can go make money over there. Yeah. But if you have an environment where they're like, well, actually, I feel like that these guys are investing in me. Yeah. And so I saw a lot of like, I think maybe some validation for what you're thinking is back at my last job, 
people could go make more money working somewhere else. Yeah. But because I was very intentional about relating to my coworkers and investing in them personally, yeah. Like they stuck around. Yeah. Because they felt like, well, this place, I feel like I'm getting more out of here. That's a little bit deeper than just making money. Yep. And honestly, people are going to stay. Actually, here, I'll test this idea and see what you think. But like, it seems to me that people are going to stay more for an environment than for pay. I think, honestly, I think if you can nail company culture, you can forget about everything else. You can forget mm -hmm. about paying your employees more. Not that you would. Yeah, because of course you would. You could, if you nailed company culture, you could pay your employees less. Mm -hmm. You could give them crappier tools, crappier vans, <laughs> not have a snack bar, mm -hmm. and you would probably still have more employees than everybody else in town. Yeah. And not that you would do those things, but I think that is the power that company culture has. I think if you can get the get a good company culture where all of your employees are bought in, they're they all recognize that for them to meet their personal, professional, and financial goals, the company has to do well. Mm -hmm. And by the company doing well, they reach their personal, professional, financial goals. Mm -hmm. I think if you can align everybody towards one thing and you don't put up with anything less right. than everybody striving to reach the goals, mm -hmm. then that is an extremely powerful thing. Right. Like I see it in... I see it slightly in my plumbing business. It could mm -hmm. be a lot better in my plumbing business. Sure. Um, and those, because I'm just now coming to these realizations. Right. But then there's, you know, there's like take our, our coaching program, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> all of the guys in our coaching program, mm -hmm. they are all bought in and they are striving to grow their plumbing business, right? Mm -hmm. So then on, so you got the people that are involved, mm -hmm. like our community in there is so cool. Yeah, it's super rad. It's super rad. It's actually my favorite part. It's one I of tell the, everybody, it's like, it's my favorite part. Yeah, it is. Especially, like, and again, I could be off base on this, but it seems to me that in the plumbing community at large, there isn't a lot of spaces where you can strive together to better yourself, There's not. better your business, share information. And have people just support you and yeah, it's, give you encouragement and Yeah, and celebrate your wins you and all this kind of stuff. Like, typically what I see is people are just like, like, screw you, don't look inside of my business. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just like this hostile culture that isn't helpful for anybody. Yeah. So I love our community. It's super Dude. fun just to like participate in and watch. It's the it's the coolest part. It yeah. was totally unexpected. Mm -hmm. I did not expect that. <laughs> um, but it's super cool. So and then on the business side of Wealthy Plumber, mm -hmm. we've got you, we've got Benton, we've got um Costin, and we even got Morgan, right? Mm -hmm. And we're all striving, mm -hmm. not just like we all are striving to make those plumbers be more successful. Yeah, right? we think very hard about it. And we're all on board, <laughs> yeah. and we all care. Yeah. Like, when we had that meeting in here, it mm -hmm. was like, we were all, like, so bought in to the mm -hmm. same goal, right. like, pushing towards the same thing. So we have this community of plumbers, we have the staff that we have, mm. and we're all just so bought in on pushing towards this one thing. Mm -hmm. Dude, and it's freaking fun. It's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. <coughs> I mean, it's a lot of fun when, like, so if we think of, like, a sports team, like, if we think of a professional basketball team, 
Yeah. Like all those guys are bought into the idea of yeah. that. What we want to do is go win a championship. The team's got to win. And they all practice their asses off and yeah. they all are bought into this is serious time, but they have fun time doing it too. Yep. And you can see it on their face when they're really vibing, doing their thing. Yep. And like everybody understands that like, Hey, if you want to be successful at this, you're going to go practice outside of practice. You're going to do all these things it's because like we're the, all aligned. Yeah. If you read Michael Jordan's book, I don't remember what it's called, but he talks about that. He was, you know, he became like the best player, right? Mm-hmm. But he recognized like it's not just he can't just be the best player. Right. The whole team has to mm-hmm. work. They don't they all have to be good players and mm-hmm. they all have to work together as a team. Yeah. If he's gonna win and his career is gonna be as magical as it was, right? right. It's the same way for your business. Yeah. And so like in Wealthy Plumber, like if somebody came to you, Joel, and was mm-hmm. like, dude, I'll pay you $10,000 more to come over here, but you knew that that culture wasn't as cool as what we've got going oh, on yeah. here. Yeah. Dude, you wouldn't go. Yeah. Right? No. Because <laughs> you'd be like, eh, I could go over there and make 10 grand more, 20 grand more, but right. it's going to be really lame. Right. right? And, and I mean, yeah, there's a whole <clears throat> bunch of other, like, I'd have to, yeah, <laughs> it just wouldn't be the same. Yeah. And so to your point, like you can do that in your plumbing business. Right. I'd say we've done it partially in mine. Mm-hmm. Definitely could be better. Yeah, and it's something, and it's a hard, and like, it's one of those things where it's like, the payoff is immense, but it's hard because it requires a lot of mm, humility and emotional intelligence from the owner and from the GM mm-hmm. because they're the ones who are going to be driving the culture mm-hmm. and they have to manifest the culture very well and they have mm-hmm. to be consistent in that manifestation Yep, because early on when the culture is forming, that's where everybody who wants to find weaknesses in it because it's new and it's unfamiliar, they're going to try to pick it apart. Yep. But if the owner and the GM or whomever can remain steadfast and then accept criticism and then not react to people being friggin' obnoxious yep. and just keep pushing and then keep explaining, but then being very firm on what is tolerated, yep. then if you can get through that, then you can really start to build it. Yep. Um, and that's always like the hardest part. Um, and what you said at the very beginning of this culture conversation is like culture is, you know, probably best defined by what you tolerate. Yep. Like that's really important. But before you can even start there, you have to figure out like, what do you even want? Yeah. What are you not like, going to tolerate? Yeah. What are you not going to tolerate? <clears throat> like yeah. where are your values going to align? Like personally, because your personal values are going to infect your culture. Yep. So if your personal values are, I don't really like working hard and I don't really want to make a lot of money, but then you're going to go tell your guys to work hard and make money. Yeah. It's not going to work. So I've never really understood um, company values and mission statements until until recently. Like that's another one. So company culture was kind of a miss on me. Mm. I did. I think I understood it in the wrong kind of context. Um, mission and values. I feel like we we've, we've done we lucked out on Prospector coming up with <laughs> decent ones that actually aligned that worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then <clears throat> when I think about like you know going back to when I'm on my deathbed and looking Mm. at it like part of part of what I want is I want to win in business, but I want to win in a way where other people get to win with me. Yeah. Sure. Where I have people in my businesses such as yourself who can go do the business without me having to like watch over you. Right. Right. Or, or whatever. And so those things need to be like in the company culture. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like I'll give you an instance for mm-hmm. you, per, and like I think of this in terms of like you and mm-hmm. Eddie, 
Um, I'm I'm very good at like coming up with a vision and an idea. Mm-hmm. I can see problems and then come up with a solution to the problem. Right. I'm a terrible implementer. Mm. I'm terrible at putting things in play. Mm-hmm. I can say here's I can look at it from way up here, like top down, sure. and go. Ah, I think <laughs> I think this is bad, and I think we need to go over here. Mm-hmm. And I think to do that, we need to get over here. Especially mm-hmm. if I have feedback from guys like you, right? right? That helps a lot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> People who are actually out there doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a terrible Im- implementer. Mm-hmm. So what I and then I need implementers around me, right? Sure. So that's where like you and Eddie come in. You guys are my implementers, mm-hmm. right? But then at the same time, what I really need. And I've been mm-hmm. thinking about this. What I really need is if I'm going to get to the level that I want to get to mm-hmm. and I want to look back on my life on my deathbed, mm-hmm. I need you guys to become um, good problem finders and good right. solution makers. Right. But mm-hmm. when when you find a problem and you come up with a solution, mm-hmm. it has to align with our mission and our values. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's where the like that's where mission and values come in. So mm-hmm. sure, like I built, I can build a business, right? Mm-hmm. And at some point in time, that business needs other people to run the business because I can't do it all, right. and I don't want to do it all, right? Because I don't have the time for it, or I don't want to have the time mm-hmm. for it. Um, <clears throat> and it's easy when I build it for it to align with the mission and values that sure. I want yeah, because I'm yeah. building the freaking it's you. thing, yeah. right? Whether I know it or not, it's going to align with what I want. Mm-hmm. The second you bring in somebody else mm-hmm. and they're now solving solutions and problems. So mm-hmm. that's all of your employees. That's your managers. Mm-hmm. At some level, they're solving problems, right? Yeah. You have to give them a framework to make, like to think through, to come up with solutions. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I'm coming up, and this, this is a good way to come up with what the, you know, mission and vision of your company mm-hmm. needs to be. You know, if I'm <clears throat> coming up with a solution to a problem, because you can come up with all sorts of different solutions, right. right? Yeah. But if it's a mission and a value of your company that, or just say a value of your company that we take care of the customers no matter what. Right. Well, then some of the solutions go out the window. Sure. Because some of your solutions might not take care of the customer, right? right? So if, if you give people a framework, and that's really what your values and your missions are, it's sure, like yep. when you're trying to come up with solutions, look to these things. Mm-hmm. If it's outside of this, mm-hmm. we don't do it. Right. If it aligns with these, push forward, go do it. Right. And then you have to empower your people to be able to do that. Right. Right. Um, that... When I thought about that, and I just thought about that this morning, I went mm-hmm. on a run with with Alex, one of our friends, oh, nice. <clears throat> which was funny. I talked him into <laughs> running with me. Dude, he's just down. Uh, you know what I did? What'd you do? I'm kind of influential. Did you? you well, know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's an ongoing joke we have, by the way. Yeah. Anybody who's just now tuning in, <laughs> I tell Joel how influential I am because I get him to do so much stuff, but... I snuck in there. I went and played tennis with him a couple times because mm-hmm. I know he likes tennis. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I was like, hey, you want to go run tomorrow morning? Mm-hmm. He was like, uh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. I played tennis with you a couple times. And the least like, you can oh, do is go run with the me. The law of reciprocity. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, dude. It works. <laughs> anyway, um, going on and run with him, I was talking to him about, like, you know, at some level, I run out of time to see problems and create solutions for problems. Right. Right. So I need 
I need people to um, be able to identify problems, create solutions. Right. But when they do so, I need them to do it within a framework that sure. aligns with what the company's all about. Right. And he was like, well, that's what your mission and values are. And I was like, oh. And you're like, oh, damn. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. It is so true. Mm-hmm. Totally true. Yeah, because I mean like, really almost definitionally, your mission and values are the things that you go, oh, should I do this? Let me go look at the thing on the board. Yeah, okay, it aligns with that. I yep. can now go do this. Yes. I'm and, just coming to that solution. Well, because it's it seems so like, um, it's like a trope. Because everybody's like, mission and values. And you're like, yeah. yeah, cool. I get words on the wall, and then we just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. And it's the thing that you think you're supposed to have, so you do it. Yeah. But then to actually connect it to real stuff, like that's when it starts, like, that's the jump that has to be made that, oh, those are those are real things. And it, and I could be wrong on this, but like coming from like the plumber world, where there's not a lot of mission and vision and values, it's like, hey, there's, go, there's go do the job or I'm going to yell at you kind it's of like, thing. It's like get the job done and make it make money. Yeah, and so we, we didn't do that fast enough. Yeah, it's <laughs> like when you see hear mission and vision and values, you're like, oh, that sounds retarded. Like yeah. I'm not going to, I don't care about words that you put on the wall that are arbitrary. Yep. But in reality, they aren't arbitrary if they're true. Yep. And if you can actually say like I'm embodying these like in yep. in my practice as the owner and I make all my decisions through that and I want you to make your decisions through this as well. Yep. And if you do that, well then you're just that much more valuable. Yep. I agree. Yeah, cuz And I mean almost like I mean tell me what you think of this but like the mission and vision of values is almost like putting yourself on the wall so that like when I'm making decisions or Eddie's making decisions, it's almost like, well, what would Jared do in this situation? How would Jared solve this problem? But then I can look at the values and say, okay, well, Jared is sort of synthesized into these ideas. Okay. So how do these ideas, how can I solve this problem by staying in line with these ideas? Yeah. For like my plumbing business, it's like, what was this company built on? Mm. What makes this company tick? Mm -hmm. Right. So we've nailed down our, we've really tried to simplify the three, like we'd simplify it down to three things that we continually preach. And it's, it's funny because two of them are pretty much the same thing, but it's like, (laughs) take care of the customer at all costs. Right. Like that's our number one thing. Like we take care of the customers no matter what. Mm -hmm. We're going to make sure they're taken care of. Number two Offer five-star service. Mm. So when you're out there, do a service so good that it's worth a five-star review. That's how we get five-star reviews. Mm. That's how we keep our customers for longer than normal. That's how we make more money. And then number two is charge a five-star price. Mm. Charge accordingly. Five-star service comes with a five-star price. Mm. So don't give it away. Yeah, sure. Right? And if we can do those three things... Um, our company is successful. If we can get everybody mm, bought sure. in on mm-hmm. those three things, mm-hmm. our company is successful. Mm-hmm. That's really what makes it tick. Um, and it's cool. Ever since we started preaching that stuff, just those three things, because mm-hmm. it's so easy, like in your company, to mm. to preach a gazillion different things. Because yeah. there's going to be all these things you want everybody to do. Oh yeah, especially if you get down to like the. I'll call it the tactical level, like the day to day and yeah. like checklists. And you like, didn't do this. You didn't do that. Hey, dude, we need to be doing this. It's so much hey, that it's not. Do it's, that. It becomes not helpful. Yeah. So I grew up. My best friend growing up, his dad, he would always do stupid crap, and I would, 
I remember looking at his dad and I was like, why do you let him get away with that? Because my dad would have been mm-hmm. on me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, eh, you got to pick your battles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's, there's something to that. Mm-hmm. And he, would t- he told me that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he even told me that about my own kids. <laughs> yeah, you got to pick your battles. <laughs> so I remember hearing that a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the same with your business. Mm-hmm. Like I found like we just got to pick our battles. So what battles are the most important? Well, it's probably the ones that align with your mission and your values yeah. and your goals as a business. What makes your business tick, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, so we've, since we've done that, um, so we had a time we, where we grew, we grew really fast. It's so like a year in, we were, a year in, we had the general manager, mm-hmm. we had seven technicians, and then shortly after that, we scaled to, you know, eight, nine, and 10. Right. And what ended up happening is we scaled so fast and we didn't push those things. We mm-hmm. were just pushing to make money, make money, make money because mm-hmm. we needed money because right. we were growing so fast, yep. right? Like go out there and do the job and get the job done and make money. Mm-hmm. Um, we started getting you know a bunch of one-star reviews. Mm-hmm. Like our guys weren't actually going out there and taking care of the customer right. and offering five-star service, mm-hmm. but we were charging a five-star price for right. it. Right, yep. Um, and so... It became that we started having this push of, okay, we gotta like we gotta do better here. Mm-hmm. We started preaching those three things and started nailing it in our guys' heads. Dude, now if like if you go to my company and you look at our reviews, mm-hmm. we have a giant string of five star reviews. Mm-hmm. It's the craziest thing. Mm-hmm. So during that time when we were having trouble with our quality, um, we dropped down to a four point seven rating. Mm-hmm. And doing the math, I thought to myself, there's no way we're ever going to jump back to a 4.8. And I remember Mm -hmm. having this conversation with Eddie, my general manager, like two months ago. Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, and he did the math too. And he's like, yeah, we would literally have to get this many five-star reviews in a row to jump back up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, I don't think that's going to happen. Like there's always going to be that. There's going to be that one person who says price is too high. That one customer Mm -hmm. who gets pissed about our pricing and then leaves us a one-star review and mm-hmm. it's going to keep us knocked down because one five-star review is like, if we got one, one star. Yeah. It was going to knock us down. Like we are going to have to quadruple the amount yeah. of five stars we got. Yeah. Dude, the other day I opened up my laptop mm-hmm. and I always check prospector plumbing and I go look at their reviews mm-hmm. to see how we're doing. We jump back to 4.8. Oh, wow. And I was like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. We made it. Yeah. The thing we didn't think was possible. Yeah. We were able to jump back up. So mm-hmm. I made a little video. I sent it to our CSR. It was funny. Mm-hmm. Of me just going, hey, check this out. 4.8. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Mm. Anyway, uh, that and that all happened just from pushing those three things. Yeah. Keeping That's it simple. It. Focusing on the simple things mm-hmm. that make your business tick. Yeah. Is there room for improvement in our company? Yes. Always. <laughs> Hands down. Yeah, always. That's the other thing, dude. When, like, during that time, I hired the general manager and I pulled out of the the general management position and he started taking over. From then until now, it has been, how do we make this better? Sure. Identifying problems, solving problems, putting solutions in, testing, mm-hmm. seeing if it gets better, and making it better. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because to this day, we, we're still finding ways to improve. Mm, like, sure. 
like thinking about my new pay structure. Right. A year ago, I would have thought our pay structure was fine. Mm-hmm. But now I, I, I can see, you know, mm-hmm. we could probably do a better pay structure that would align everybody a little better. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's kind of funny how that happens. Yeah, it's, there is like, when I think with your business, because you're sort of, you've reached almost like your market cap. Yeah. So then it's natural for you to go, okay, well, I can't just hire guys and expand. So yeah. then it makes sense to go and like really optimize and fine tune. Yeah. But what's so valuable about, okay, so what's valuable about that, I'm just thinking of this now. I know you, I get to optimize and tune without focusing on growth. Yeah, because a lot of times guys will just focus on growth and then yep. they'll get to 10, 15, 20 million because their market is wonderful. Yep. But meanwhile, they haven't optimized and refined. Yep. And so they get to that point and then, then they start to optimizing and refining, which is totally possible. Guys do it. Yep. But it's cool to see all these things that you're doing now that then we can help guys be like, hey, if you do these things in earlier, earlier, then you can have this so that when you get to that point where you want to go to 10, 15, 20 million, yep. you have this really strong foundation. Yep. And like when you bring people into the organization, you are much more equipped to motivate them to be part of the team yep. to continue to really give it their best. Yep. Because that's what we want. Like in any company, it's way more fun to work with people who are giving it their best. Yeah, way more fun. Like when we talk about having fun, like even in the examples you've given, it's because there's an assumption that everybody, like in that meeting that you referenced, we're all thinking to our best ability to how to solve the problem. Yeah. There's nobody who's just chilling like, well, I would think, but I don't really care. So I'm just kind of here hanging out. Yeah, they like, all, like that we all be, cared in yeah, that room. Yeah, That's just, what was so cool about and it. And it's because we like to think about the problems and we like to solve them because it's fun. It's fun, yeah. yeah. It's super fun. But it's fun to be in a room of people who are all doing that yeah and so if you can imagine like a culture with your technicians where people are bought in and they enjoy the process of how to make this thing better yeah um it's it's just a lot more fun and again if you can enjoy what you like what i always told guys like at at my last job was like hey i just want you to be i want you to be okay being here 70 percent of the time yeah if i can get you to 80 percent of the time you're fine with waking up and coming to work i feel like i'm doing a good job like obviously that's not like that's not all was happening, but what I was just communicating is like, yeah, some days you're not going to want to come to work, but if yeah. I can get you here, just the standard airplane loader to show up 80% of the time being like, yeah, I don't really mind being here. Mm-hmm. Like, hell yeah, we're doing it. I can work with this. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get you producing then. Like, if you're like down to show up and you're not pissed about it most of the time, cool, man. Like, that's cool. Yep. Um, and, and working in an environment like that becomes fun because then people aren't like, so much fun. another day, another dollar. Like... Yeah. Making money for the man, blah, 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 like all that nonsense. Yep. Yeah. Dude, I thought, so since we're on the topic of like uh, new things, implementing new things Mm -hmm. and new ideas, I had another kind of new idea talking about, you know, tweaking our businesses to make them better and create more revenue. Mm -hmm. So we have a big problem and we're just we're just now seeing it. We're just mm. discovering this problem of, you know, we've got memberships in our yeah. business. And part of our membership is we give away a free tuning clean. So we've got a ton of oil boilers that need to be cleaned and tuned up every year so that they operate efficiently and safely mm-hmm. for the following year, right? And so you, you need to do this once a year, maintenance on your boiler. Some people argue that, but they're wrong. Um <laughs> <laughs> and so we 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 make that part of our membership. So you pay us $49 a month and we come every year and we tune and clean your boiler and it's absolutely free mm-hmm. along with some other benefits. Mm. It was super great for building our membership program. We've got almost 1500 members. 
paying us $49 a month to come tune and clean their boiler. The problem with that, the problem we're running into, and I always heard memberships are tough at scale. Memberships are tough at scale. Well, and I think we're hitting it a little sooner than a lot of people would because in our market, tune and cleans, everybody wants them done at the same time. Yeah. So you right before winter. Yeah. So you can imagine 1500 tune and cleans to do and everybody wants them done in a two month period. Right. And, they're paying throughout the year for this. So when you go to their house, you're billing them zero dollars. Yeah. Okay? So that would be no commission. That would be like, do you, is that hours sold even? We do give hours sold for that. Okay. Right? And so we're tracking hours sold and we're selling plenty of hours because yeah, but it still that, shows up as an hour and a half because technically we're getting paid for it. It's just throughout the year. Yeah. But that revenue, yeah, that's not like, yeah. But we're not actually getting the revenue for it. So yeah. it's like retroactive almost. Yeah. yeah. So 1,500 tune and cleans. Um, one guy can do four a day. Mm-hmm. So that's what, 20 a week. Mm-hmm. So in a month, he can do 80. Mm. Uh, in two months, he can do 160. Mm. So we could have 10 guys for two months doing tune and cleans, and we would produce $0 in revenue. Oh, right. Dude, you can't, yeah. Yeah. So it's becoming a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at, I'm, I'm like, okay. I was talking with my GM. I'm like, this is a problem. We got to come up with a solution. Mm-hmm. So I said, we need a short-term solution, mm. and we need to come up with a long-term solution. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking short-term. It's like, okay, we're just going to have to stack these out farther than two months because yeah. we can't dedicate all 10 guys to doing tuning cleans. Right. And if we lose members in the process, we lose members in the process. Right. It's just... It has to be. So we've, we have to, we're triaging our calls better. Mm-hmm. We're dedicating just, I think, three, two to three people to tune and cleans. Mm-hmm. And then we're also, which this may be at our own detriment, mm-hmm. we're also um, trying to upsell when we're there doing the membership mm-hmm. on other yearly maintenance tasks that need to be done. Right. So whether that's dryer vent cleaning, water heater flushing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that way we at least get a little bit of revenue. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> However, that's going to create another problem. They're going to be on site longer. They're not going to get as many of them done, right. which is going to push them out even farther. Right. Right. But it solves the cash flow problem right now. Right. So I was on a call. Let's see, long-term solution I hadn't thought of yet. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, we could we could up the price of our tuna cleans mm-hmm. or we could not sell monthly memberships during the busy season mm-hmm. and only sell yearly memberships so that next year when they renew, they renew during this time sure. yeah, rather than getting paid throughout them for the month. But I love the monthly revenue. Yeah. So <clears throat> hadn't thought of a long-term solution. I was, I had a call with a guy yesterday. Mm-hmm. He start, he started a um, pumping business, mm-hmm. started a pumping business. So he's got pump trucks, goes and pumps septic tanks, mm-hmm. and it was doing well, but then he started a plumbing business. Mm. And so I'm talking to him. He's got one plumber. He's got one dude driving his pump truck, talking mm-hmm. to him about his pumping business. Mm-hmm. And we worked it out in his pricing to where the the plumbing business and the pumping business are kind of one in the same business. Right. And then he's going and pumping septic tanks basically at cost, and he mm-hmm. makes his money on the upsells. Right. So he's already more expensive pumping than anybody else. Right. But once we figured out what his cost was on that, we figured he's actually like, he's actually losing money yeah. doing all of his pumping. So we built that into his hourly rate. Mm-hmm. 
which gave me an idea. I was like, you know what? I have a bunch of plumbers. It's really hard for me to get plumbers in Alaska. Mm -hmm. So to go after more plumbing work becomes difficult right. because I won't be able to staff it. Right. right. Or I have a hard time staffing it. Mm -hmm. And then our heating work is fairly complicated. So we end mm -hmm. up having to do a lot of training to get guys up to speed on right. heating and controls and hydronics and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So scaling that side of the business becomes harder. Mm -hmm. However, I could just go buy a couple pump trucks, mm -hmm. hire some guys with CDLs to go pump sewers all day, mm -hmm. septics, right. really, yep. right? They can do that all year long, mm -hmm. every day of the year. Mm -hmm. And then I could take my membership program and I could say, hey, we're no longer giving away free tune and cleans with our membership, right? but you're getting a free septic pumping. Yep. And you get a discount on your tune and clean. Yeah. And you get a discount on your other services as well. Yeah. Normal membership stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be super killer. Yeah, because then now your <clears throat> septic guys are just doing septic stuff. They're actually not tied to your main revenue stream anyways. They're just a at that point in time, they're just a break even business. Yeah, well, yeah, they're a break even, but then you get a membership, and so then that's But then I get to go bill them for their tune and clean. Yeah. And I make more money. Yeah. And then I get people calling me. So one thing also that we run into is um, people call us because they're backed up. We go mm. out to the house, septic tank is pumped. Yeah. So now we can go out there and pump their like, tank. Oh, yeah, I got <clears throat> tank guy. I'll be over this afternoon or whatever. Yep. yep. Mm. And I've got a box truck sitting there I haven't known what to do with. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I could turn it into a steam truck because mm -hmm. a lot of the problems we have in Fairbanks is sewer lines just freeze, mm -hmm. and then you need a steam truck. So you mm -hmm. basically have a truck with a steam boiler and a mm -hmm. water tank, and you run a steam hose down the sewer line, and you thaw it out. Right. Um, problem with most of the steam trucks in town, they run terrible businesses because they undercharge. <laughs> yeah. And so you can never get them out there. Yep. You never know when they're going to come. Mm -hmm. um, they're super hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. And they'll steam out your line and then won't actually like, they'll, they'll steam it out so that it's flowing again. Yeah. But then they won't run a camera down. They won't run a snake down. They right. won't make sure it's clean. Right. Right. So two months down the road sure. or even like three days down the road, guess mm -hmm. what happens again? Mm -hmm. You got to call the steam truck back out. Yep. Whereas we can go out and we can pump the tank. Mm -hmm. We could even pump out the line. Right. We can run our steam hose down there. And then we can run our camera down there. Mm -hmm. And we can say, oh, we need to jet this. So now we sell them on a jetter because mm -hmm. it's dirty. And if we don't dirty it, you're going to be calling us back right. out. And we can also run our camera down and go, hey, you've got a belly in your line mm -hmm. or you've got a kink in your line or you've got a disconnected line. That's mm -hmm. what's causing your problem. Let's get you on the books to get this dug up and fixed right. this summer, mm -hmm. right? So I can add tons of revenue to my business. Sure, yeah, yeah. Mm. Outside of getting more plumbers. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. Yeah, just by thinking outside the box a little bit. You know what my favorite part about this story is? What? Is that you... You got that insight from just talking to somebody else in the business. Talking to somebody else. Like he it, started telling me about his septic pumping and mm -hmm. I was thinking for him, I was thinking, man, this guy, it'd be, cause the hard part, when you just own a plumbing company, yeah. the hard part is coming up with a membership that adds value to the customer. Yeah. Yep. By adding yeah, in. If the, you're just a plumbing company, if you don't just, have any heating, there's no, no like, heating you got to do or anything. Yeah. You're going to do water heater flushes. Yeah. You're going to do a 12 point or 40 point inspection. Yeah. And you're going to camera their main sewer line. Yep. That's about it. Right. Yep. Man, if you could do septic pumping for all the guys who have septics, 
That's a cool deal. Especially if it was on like a schedule, because I know like living in Fairbanks with the septics that I had at all my houses there. Yeah, super like, annoying. You got to call every year. Yeah, well, and I have to call every year or I just wait until I'm like, oh shit, I got to pump this sucker. And then I have to have that whole <clears> thing. <throat> but if I just know that the dude's coming out every year, that's the then cool, that's it's the just cool done. Potter, that's the cool part about septics. And the other thing is, is like, I'm just thinking like, I have a guy coming out every year, but then I get a discount on any plumbing issues that I may or may not have. Yeah. Like, it's just a bonus. Yeah. We're like the normal septic company. I'm not going to get any discount on anything. Nope. It's just the septic guy's going to come out and do his thing. Yep. And that's going to be that. Yep. Yeah. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, that's what you're going for. It's a win-win wins. Win-win-win. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, It'll be cool. Yeah, when are you going to do that? I don't know. I got to figure out what I'm doing. Yeah, sure. But no, that's cool. Yeah, that's a cool long-term. And so... But how does that solve your, are you just going to flip all those current memberships that you have? Yeah. So anybody that has a septic tank, I'm going to go to them and I'm going to incentivize them to somehow get us on pumping their septic instead of tuning their boiler. Yeah. Even if I lose members, it's going to be beneficial. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, me and Ayla talk about the prospector schedule quite a bit, but just like... I mean, it's killed us the whole month just being like, dude, there's there's like no revenue. Only because when you're just doing yeah. tune and cleans, it's just like, oh man, this yeah. is not this is revenue goes down. Yeah, because there's there's you're not actually making any money. You're yeah. just doing the thing that you've been paid for this whole year. Yep. But yeah, it's uh and then it's yeah, like you say, it's like you have so many things to schedule out and like everybody in the AK is so funny because they're like, Well, it's getting cold, let me get my boiler tuned instead of being like, Why don't I just get the sucker tuned in June? Yeah. And it's easy. It's like, why don't I get my tires? <laughs> I mean, you don't get your snow tires on too early, but it's like, yeah, everybody waits until it snows. And then they're like, I need snow tires. Yeah. Instead of being like, it's going to snow next month. Guaranteed. Yeah. I might as well just get snow tires yeah. now when there's no line and there's supplies available. Yep. Yeah. So we're probably going to do something like that to fix our membership program. We're also going to f- get as many of those members to get their tuning cleans done in April. Yes. Had I been smart, like had I seen this coming a long time ago, mm-hmm. I would have implemented the second anybody signs up for a boiler tune, we reschedule them in April. Yeah. Like end of story. Yeah. Right? Cause the, it, and then I mean, it's an easy pitch because it works better for <clears throat> you, but it works better for them too. It's an easy pitch, but a lot of you'd be surprised. A lot of customers don't want to do it. Well, they want to get it done in November or October. Because the thinking is, the closer the tune and clean is as to when I really need my boiler, the better it's going to work. Yeah. But it's it's kind of funny because it's like, but you don't like you don't think that when you're six months into winter, you're like, oh, no. thank God I got my tune and clean six months ago and not yeah. 10 months ago. No, they're just praying that it makes it through the winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're praying either way, you yeah, know. <laughs> you are. You really are. Um, yeah. Back to, so like looking at, you know, having all these tuning cleans on the schedule yep. and talking about a culture that's aligned to, hey, revenue is very important or just having a goal. Uh-huh. Um, what's really helped, like guys who have CSRs and have schedules on there, uh-huh. like that CSR is such a key part of your revenue strategy. Yep. Because really they're the ones who are, you know, they're like first touch point one, their first touch point with the customer, which yep. is just incredibly powerful. But then they're also the ones who are saying, oh, almost like how much money are we going to make today? You know, because they can have the power to go, we're going to make zero money depending upon what we schedule, (laughs) or we're going to make like tons of money depending upon what we schedule. Yes. And so if you have incentive structures that is team based and even like performance based, so your CSR books a job and 
She gets a percentage of revenue or however that works. Yeah. So imagine she's part of the profit share program. Yep. Now she's in direct control of how well these technicians do, which yeah. is going to directly affect how big her bonus is at the end of the quarter. And right? the key is, is to like make these bonuses relevant enough that it actually matters. Yeah. Because the problem that I've always found with bonuses is they always come in the form of like pizza parties oh, and yeah. things where like people are like, I don't give a shit. No. Like, I'll go buy my own pizza. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. What um, people want is more money. Yeah. But it's why, they're, it's why yeah. they're at work. And so, yeah, exactly. Like, people don't want, I mean, they don't like, really care about pizza parties. Like, I never promised the pizza party. I would just show up with pizza and say, hey, I bought you guys a bunch of food because you guys are rad. Yeah. And then the joke started to become like, oh, crap, they're bringing pizza. Is this going to be a busy night? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, what's what's the bait and switch? Yep. I should have left, you know? Yep. Um, but the point is, is like, when you have structures of incentives, they have to actually be meaningful because then yeah. you have to be like, hey, you could increase your income significantly. Yeah, and I think you have to like, so along with this whole incentive structure that we're thinking about implementing, there needs to be some sort of, there needs to be training on the employees, on the employee level that shows them yeah. clearly like how this helps them. Yes. And how helping their teammates will help the team, which helps them. Yep. Right? Sure, it's always got a point. I mean, honestly, it always has to point back to, how is this helping me? Yeah, and that's going to be one of the, that'll be one of the things that you just have to train on. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, here's how all this works. <laughs> here's why you need to, like, if you want your bonus to be bigger, you need to help out your team. Right. Here's how you can go about helping out your team. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? These steps. Here's some things you can do to help mm -hmm. out your fellow teammate. Mm -hmm. Here's some things you should probably avoid if you actually want your bonus to be significant at the end of the month. Right. If you want the whole team to do well, this is how you need to go about it. Right. That's going to be training that needs to happen. And mm -hmm. that's the kind of training like, and that's kind of how I started the whole tiered thing is I thought, mm -hmm. okay, how do we train them on that stuff mm -hmm. without having to constantly shove it down their throat? We're right. probably going to have to constantly shove it down their throat, but sure. at the same time, why don't I build that into my tiers? Right. So like they can't move up in tiers until they recognize that mm -hmm. they have to be helping out their teammates right. and show them how to do that in the training and then have the manager go, yeah, you're doing really good at mm -hmm. helping out your teammates. Sure. You're, you've been proficient in that for the last quarter. Mm -hmm. We're going to move you up a tier. Mm -hmm. Um, so directly tying that then to like what their base wage is or mm -hmm. what their base commission is, mm -hmm. right? I think it's powerful. And it ties it into <clears throat> the the dream idea that every manager and business owner wants is they want the people to come to them and say, hey, Jared, um, I would like to make more money. What can I do to do that? Yeah. Instead of, hey, Jared, I think I've been doing a badass job. Can you pay me more? Yeah. Like it's, it's the tiers of structuring. It's just laying that out for them so they yep. can go, oh, if I want to make more money, it's that right there. Yep which a lot of companies are missing. And if they come to you and they're like, hey, I want to make more money, you can go, here's how you do that. Yeah, it's just like, Not, it's right here. You don't have to say, no, you can't make more money. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, you can make more money. Or, I got to think about it. Let me check and it's I'll get like, back to you. Well, which tier are you in? Well, if you want to move up, mm -hmm. you got to do these things to reach this tier. Mm -hmm. Here you go. And then they're like, oh, I'm right here. And then you can speak to where they're at specifically and what they yep. need to improve upon to get them working towards the next level. Yep, okay. Let's wrap this up by saying if you just started your plumbing business, don't worry about all this crap. Yeah, this is just, just me, get, me and Jared just just, uh, just you know. get going, get started, pay the guy whatever you got to pay him to come over and work for you and get him producing revenue. Mm. Um, don't start worrying about this stuff until you got 
five or six, seven, eight guys mm-hmm. working for you, and then you can go back in and restructure your your pay structure. Yeah, like, and these things are really fun to think about because they're like these deep concepts yeah. that, um, well, like I said, they're fun to think about. Yeah, but really, like, let's can we go over like in like ten minutes or something? Because I talk to a lot of guys who are in this, they're in this ten k per month thing. Yeah. Um, and could you just give them a really quick synopsis of like, hey, you're doing ten k per month. This is how you get to twenty k per month. Raise your prices. Okay. Raise your prices. Three words. Yeah. Raise. <laughs> yeah. Like literally. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're at ten k a month and you're not making twenty k a month, it's literally one of two things. Mm. You're either underpriced mm-hmm. or you're not getting enough work. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, you're underpriced. Yeah. Even statistically, nine yes. times out of ten, you're underpriced. Yeah. If it's just you, you should be able to go to. If it's just you, you should be able to do two jobs a day, and make. You should be able to do one job a day mm-hmm. and make twenty k a month. Mm-hmm. Just you. Mm-hmm. Right. Twenty k. What is that divided by? Twenty days, thousand dollars a day. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yep. Twenty jobs, mm-hmm. working Monday through Friday, four weeks out of the month. Five days out of the week, mm. you should be able to bill out a thousand dollars a day on, you know, on average one mm-hmm. job a day. Some days it's going to be two. Some days it's going to be half a sure, job. Some days it's going to be one full job. Mm-hmm. You should be making twenty k a month. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you're likely underpriced. Mm-hmm. In which case, if you're watching on YouTube, go down in the description, grab our free hourly rate calculator. It will help you out a ton. Yeah. Um. There's a full video on how to use it and a whole bunch more information, it's all free. So mm-hmm. go grab it. Um, and it's literally intended to help you get to 20K a yeah. month because yeah. that's, that's where you need to get to. Um, so if it's not... Here's another easy way to know if you're underpriced. If you're less than 400 an hour, you're mm-hmm. underpriced. Yeah. And so literally just raise your prices to at least 400. Like if you raise your prices to just 400 and then you go start charging flat rate... Mm-hmm. So go to the go to the person's house. This is how we did it starting out. We had a notebook, mm-hmm. and we just wrote down what we were going to do on the top of the notebook, and then we wrote out the steps. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I always use a dishwasher for some reason. <laughs> we're going to remove your old dishwasher. We're going to dispose of your old dishwasher. We're going to replace the supply oh, sure. line. Yeah, demonstrating we're going, value. We're going to mm-hmm. replace the drain line. We're going to install your new dishwasher. We're going to make sure it's level. We're going to mm-hmm. test it to make sure it doesn't leak. Mm-hmm. And then... We're going to clean up and then whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then we would write the price at the bottom. So you write what you're going to do, replace dishwasher, then all the steps and then the price. Mm -hmm. Then you go to the customer and you say, hey, I can replace your dishwasher. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to remove your old one. We're going to do all the stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Build all this value Mm -hmm. of what you're going to do. I can do that for 980 bucks. Mm -hmm. What do you think? You want me to do it? I'll do it right now. Mm -hmm. Customer's like, hell yeah, let's Mm -hmm. get it done. Right, mm-hmm. most of your customers are going to say, "Hell yeah, let's do mm-hmm. it," just like that. <laughs> if they don't, you got to be like, "Can you give me a hell yeah?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on, come on, man. Jared said you would. Yeah, no, uh, that that right there. If you can just do that, right, and then take payment that day. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't realize this. I didn't realize this until I had a call with one of our coaching clients. They were like, "Oh, we give them a price over the phone. They send us pictures. Mm-hmm. We give them a price over the phone." And they're like, nobody's taking our prices. I'm like, because you're giving them on the phone, dude. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you got to get out to the house. Yeah, you so have to. when somebody calls you, book them in a two-hour time slot. So book between, like, we book between 8 and 10, 10 and 12, 12 to 2, mm-hmm. 2 to 4. 
So book people like that. Mm -hmm. Hey, I got you down between 12 and 2. I'll text you when I'm on my way. Mm -hmm. Bam. Get to their house. Introduce yourself. Relate to them. Build Mm -hmm. rapport with them. Yep. Tell them you love their dog. Mm -hmm. Like connect with them somehow, Mm -hmm. right? That way they know you're human and you have a connection. Then go look at their problem. Mm -hmm. Diagnose it. Mm -hmm. Hear them out. Mm -hmm. Sympathize with them. Of course. Work up an estimate for them. Charge $400 an hour minimum. Get our hourly rate calculator. Mark up your materials 100% mm-hmm. on everything. I don't care what it is. Mark them up 100%. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then give people a flat rate price. Mm-hmm. Then collect payment that day. So the second you're done with the job, go to the customer. Be like, hey, I got that done. Um, ready to collect payment. Right. When you are. Bam, collect payment. Money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Bam. There you go. Super easy to make 20K a month doing mm-hmm. that. One job a day. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. What it's if, crazy. What if you're mm-hmm. having customers who are already not taking your price at 200 bucks per hour? Um, you Number one, so I didn't realize the... It took me a long time to realize the extent of which customers pick their company mm-hmm. based on how much they think they're going... There's two customers. Mm-hmm. Customers who pick their company based on how well they think the company's going to take care of them. Sure. Mm-hmm. The other customer picks their company based on how cheap they think they're going to be. Mm. So I always knew that customers who want good quality service are picking the companies who look like they offer good quality service. Right. right? And when they see a review about price, they don't care. Right. When they see a review about quality or somebody didn't call them back mm-hmm. or something like that, that's when they get scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I always knew that. So it's always good to position yourself to look like sure. the professional company that's going to take care of the customer, mm-hmm. right? Because those customers are willing to pay a good dollar amount, mm-hmm. 400 plus an hour, to have you come out and fix their plumbing because they know that when they call you, you're going to answer the phone. Right, yep. When you answer the phone, you're going to give them a time slot that you're going to be there. And then you're going to show up in that time slot. And then when you get there, you're going to do a good quality job. You're going to be friendly. You're going to be neat and clean. And you're going to get them taken care of. Mm-hmm. That's what customers want. The, yeah. oh, the yeah. good customers, right? Mm-hmm. So then there's the second subset of customers who <clears throat> um, they go to Google and they look for the guys who have a white unwrapped van with some rust on it. Right. Or they don't have a professional picture on their GMB. Mm-hmm. Or their website looks like garbage. Mm-hmm. Because they know that plumber is going to be cheaper, right? right? Because typically they are, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and I didn't realize this until I put out a TikTok that talked about it. Mm -hmm. It talked about looking professional to attract professional companies. So go get your vans wrapped, Mm -hmm. like get a good logo, put a picture on your GMB of you in a nice polo, do your hair, shave your beard, (laughs) like trim your beard, smile, get your van behind you, Mm -hmm. like look professional, Put that picture on your cover photo for your Google My Business, mm-hmm. dude. That will rocket your your call, like the quality of your calls. Yeah, day one, mm-hmm. promise you. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize on that video TikTok, right, mm-hmm. dude? So many people commented. I look for the guy with the old Chevy van. Oh, interesting. I look for the guy with the crappy branding because I know the guy who's got the well wrapped truck is mm-hmm. going to be expensive, right? And they're looking for the cheapest. Mm-hmm. So 
you can't make money with a cheap with a customer who's looking for the bottom dollar. No. Bottom dollar is a race to the bottom. Right. And you also and have to realize that there's people out there who are intentionally using you because you're cheap. That all those people who call you. They're, they're not they're, they're not a representation you. of all the people. No. They are just a subset of the people. And they're the people you don't want. So you need no. to intentionally not attract them. You need to intentionally unattract them. Mm-hmm. Disattract them. I don't know what the correct word is. <laughs> Either way. From your business, right? Mm-hmm. And you need to intentionally attract the right kind of customer to mm-hmm. your business. Um, super important. So, yeah, that's the other thing is like some guys will say, there's no way, Jared, I can charge $400 an hour. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, going rate in my area is 120, 130, 160, 200, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? And the reality of it is, is there's no such thing as going rate, right? Right. Going rate is a word that got invented. Going rate equals, think about this, 96% of plumbing businesses aren't profitable. Right. Okay. So if you copy going rate, where are you going? You're not going to be profitable. You're going broke. Mm. Yes. Is what that really (laughs) means. So if you want to copy going rate, then... Copy it, but be pre- be prepared to go broke. Yeah, that's what I tell people. I say, if you have a problem charging four hundred bucks an hour or whatever your hourly rate calculator tells you you should, yep. I'd say that's fine. Don't charge it, but just you're not going to be profitable. <laughs> like it's okay. It's so like, funny how simple that is. Like you can do what but you it's want. True, but the reality is, is price is based upon how expensive it is to run your business. Yeah, and how much money and profit you want to make. Yep. If you violate those rules, yep. then you won't make money. Yep. This isn't like a subjective thing. Like, nope. it's, and, it's math. And like, it it's is all math. it is. And, and math doesn't lie to you. And the, the reason why we're sort of in this position where 96% of businesses are undercharging. Yeah. And apparently to all the customers are like, they don't want to pay these crazy prices. These guys are ripping guys off. Yeah. It's because there has been a long time of going rate where everybody's just doing the going rate. Nobody's yeah. actually thinking about it. So the customers are now acclimated to paying under what they should by lots of magnitude yep and the goal is to like turn that around here's what's funny though if you talk to any of these guys and i know because i was in the same boat and you ask them okay is there one company in your area that's really expensive that's just ripping people off they'll say oh yeah there's these guys up the street named this and this Mm -hmm. dude they're just ripping people off left and right it's like how do they stay in business if they're just ripping people off? Right. How long have they been in business? How many technicians do they have? Right. They typically have the most technicians out of anybody in town. They typically have all the technicians that you would like to have. Yes. They have the best technicians. Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Because they're not ripping people off. They're just running a good business and they're actually profitable. Yes. They're the ones that are actually doing it right. Right. Um, there's just this, it's, it's a weird thing with plumbers where they're like, you know, they, like a plumber, and I used to do the same thing. So there was a company in our town. They're still there. We charge more than them now, which is mm-hmm. funny, that I always thought, oh, they're just ripping people off. Mm-hmm. I think like probably 10 years ago, they had a water heater bill that I saw. It was $1,700. Mm-hmm. At that time, water heaters were like 250 bucks, mm-hmm. And I was like, $250, and it's like two hours I could have that done. Right. And I only make $35 an hour, so... Seventeen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. What a ripoff, right? right, dude? Now we charge like over four grand for a water mm-hmm. heater, <laughs> but it's not a ripoff. Right. The customer's getting a, 
a, a killer value for what they're paying us for. Mm-hmm. Like they call us, we answer, we get them on the schedule, mm-hmm. we get that water heater fixed and repaired, and it's got a killer warranty, mm-hmm. and it's put in properly. Right. Yep. Right. No ifs, ands, and buts. And now they don't have to worry about it. Right. So not only did they have a good experience, they don't have to worry about it. Right. Um, and that that is worth a lot to a mm-hmm. customer. So I don't know where I was going with this, but yeah, don't undercharge. Problem yep. number one. Um, if you're if you download two things, if you download the hourly rate calculator mm-hmm. and you fill it out and you it doesn't show four hundred or more, you fill it out wrong. Yeah, go watch okay? the video. I know it's so, a long video. Just put it on two X speed, you'll get through it. Don't even don't put it on two X speed. <laughs> Listen to me talk real slow because it's important information. Yeah. And if you're in business, you need to learn the important information. So yeah. you need to take the time, put in the work to learn the info. Mm-hmm. Don't skip ahead and think you got it all figured out because you you can put it on two x speed. Just make sure you get the info, dude. I can't put <laughs> stuff on two x speed. So, um, okay. Second thing, if you're over four hundred dollars an hour and you've already used the pricing calculator and mm-hmm. you're charging what it spit out, mm-hmm. right? And you're st- and you're still not profitable. Mm. Number one, you need to you need to look at your expenses and sure. say, do I have any expenses that aren't serving my customer better or they're not serving my plumbing business better or making me better. If you do cut those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you need to ask yourself, okay, is my hourly rate correct? Mm. Right? Mm. So if it's just you and you're not making 20 grand a month and you're doing one job a day, but you're charging what the hourly rate calculator spit out, well, chances are you didn't fill it out correctly right. and you need to go refill it out and figure out what you missed, okay? Because mm-hmm. you should be making 20 grand a month. Shouldn't be a problem. Right. Second thing is when you go to a job, the easiest way to make more money, so easiest way to make more money is to charge more. Second easiest way to make more money and this part of charging more mm-hmm. is raising your average ticket. Right, yep. So... If you go to somebody's house and you sell them a toilet flapper and you're $400 an hour and you have 30 minutes of drive time, 15 minutes of flapper changing time, and 15 minutes of billing time, then you charge them an hour and it's made, and a flapper's like five bucks mm-hmm. and it's a $410 bill. You can do that. And you made $410 changing mm-hmm. a flapper, which is good money to change a flapper. Mm-hmm. But if you go to that customer and you say, I can change your flapper, it's going to be 410 bucks. Or I can replace the guts in your toilet. I can replace all of them for $810 or I get you a new toilet for $1,200. And the customer says, oh, yeah, you should just replace all the guts while you're in there. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you just double the amount of money you made on that one job. Right. Right. So, and you'll be surprised at how many customers are like, I've been wanting a new toilet. Yeah, especially things so like that. let's just put in a new toilet. Right. It's unreal. If you just offer new toilets, how mm-hmm. many people pick a new toilet? Now you just made twelve hundred bucks on that job, mm-hmm. or whatever it ends up being, right? <clears throat> um, so you can maximize the value of each customer, mm-hmm. each job. Um, the second part of that is you can do such a good job that they call you back again the next year, yep, or they call you back again next month when they have another problem. Mm-hmm. So do a good job, take care of your customers when you're there. Okay, that means. Not being worried about, like, when you give them options like that and they wanted a new toilet, bam, you just made a happy customer. Yep. Because if you go in and fix their flapper, but they wanted a new toilet, now Mm -hmm. they're not happy. Right. Right? So you're doing them a disservice if you're not offering it. Especially if somebody comes by later and was like, why don't you just get a new toilet? This thing is old and janky. Yeah. That that guy didn't offer you a new toilet? You paid him 400 bucks to fix a flapper when you could have got 
a whole new toilet for 1200 and that's what you wanted look at this the toilet seats all cracked and yeah it's like <laughs> and it's oh, all man. dirty mm-hmm. and it's got the short it's it's not tall it's short it's mm-hmm. got the round front mm-hmm. you could have put in a tall elongated toilet for 1200 bucks man mm-hmm. i would have like 800 more bucks i got a brand new toilet mm-hmm. everything's brand new mm-hmm. it's a good deal mm-hmm. right <clears throat> so you can do that um if you just literally aren't getting enough leads, if you're mm. not doing one job a day, you know, or two jobs a day, or, you know, one job a day, you should make 20K, but let's say you want to get to 40K. Mm-hmm. Now you need two jobs a day. Mm-hmm. If you just need more leads, it's just a matter of marketing. Right. So um, there's all sorts of things you can do for marketing, mm-hmm. right? You can, like, I think everybody should hire a marketing company. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be advertising. They should be like, you could, you could get to 40 K just handing out flyers, uh, door knocking, Mm -hmm. Facebook strategies, like posting on Facebook. Like I did my first 40 K just posting on Facebook. Right. Um, just letting everybody know I have a plumbing business. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Now they know. And I gave them a phone number to call. Mm -hmm. Um, that's how you do it. Cool, man. Cool. If it's if it's not like if you need one lead a day to get to twenty k, yeah, dude, just go start posting on Facebook. Go start putting up flyers. Go mm-hmm. start putting up yard signs. Mm-hmm. Go start handing out business cards. Go to the supply house. Give them business cards. Right. Have them recommend you to homeowners. That will get you to twenty k mm. easily. Hmm. Piece of cake. Cool. That was that was very helpful. Cool. Dang, Jared. Good conversation, dude. See you, Holmes. See ya.